fighting, hatred, fear. Had enough of the noise? Radio, and thank you so much for listening. We have a great show for you today, as we do every week, but this one especially. This one especially because we are bringing a group of people in that have been at the forefront of the legal fight for almost two years. And I'm speaking specifically about Christo Hartman's wonderful organization, Americans in Action. They're going to talk with us today and educate us on the potential of an affidavit declaration of truth to be a resolution for many of the ails that we are experiencing, many, much of the suffering that we are all going through right now. Now, when we look at this concept, and we'll get into that concept after the break, of course, but when we look at the concept, I want you to understand, we're not claiming that this is going to be the magic bullet. We're not claiming that this is going to be the remedy to every problem that you have. But what we are saying is we cannot engage this situation with a defeatist attitude, with a defeatist mentality. We can't go into this situation thinking that because we attempt something, it's not going to work. And I think that's one of the problems I've seen out there in our country is people saying, well, let's try this. And then you get folks going, well, it's not going to work because of this, this, and this. And it's like, okay, well, why don't we try it anyway? You know, for me, it's so important that we ask questions, that we push the envelope, that we demand an acknowledgement of our God-given inalienable rights And that in doing so, we turn over every stone. We walk down every potential path. We take every opportunity in front of us to explore the protection of our freedom and the freedom for our children as well. If you are caught up with uh, your job attempting to mandate this inoculation and saying, we are going to uh, say that if you don't take this experimental inoculation, that you're going to lose your job, you're going to lose your paycheck, and you're going to lose it right before the holidays, right? If your job is doing that, then we encourage you to explore and listen in on this affidavit concept, this affidavit declaration of truth, because it's a potential remedy that is recognized in the courts, and it's a potential remedy for you to interact in an educational, peaceful way with your employer. Same thing goes if this is something your school, university is trying to do. If they are trying to tell you, you have to participate in an ongoing human experiment in order to have access to your job, to be able to do your job, or to have access to your education, then they are sorely mistaken. These things are clearly in violation of the ethics 
and standard morals that should be present in our society, and they're definitely unconstitutional, whether a judge rules that way or not. Our forefathers did not build a country whereby you are going to have to do what government tells you to do. That was the exact thing that our forefathers were declaring their independence from. Now, we're not saying our forefathers were perfect in everything they did or, or anything like that, right? I mean, slavery is the glaring, you know, black eye on our constitution that all men are created equal except for those who found themselves in slavery, right? So we're not pretending, we're not trying to paint this imagined glorious, you know, rendition of our past. Our past was ugly too, but it's our duty to make sure that our future is beautiful and that our future includes freedom for all. So what we've put together is a concept here, affidavit, declaration of truth, a way for you to participate in the preservation of your own freedom by letting anyone who would mandate an experiment upon you, anyone who would coerce you into an experimental clinical trial, the experimental use of an ongoing of a medical product that has very serious safety issues and put you in a situation where they're coercing you saying jab or job. Well, we want to give you yet another possible solution so that you can protect your sovereignty and protect your livelihood so you can take care of your family, especially during the holiday season. So what I encourage you to do is to listen in on this, uh, on this concept and consider it. Consider it for what it could be, because I do think there's something here. I do think there's something here that if we were to marry the informed consent questions that we've shared with you in the past, right? Those 15 questions to send to your employer and say, hey, I need you to answer these before I'm going to give you my decision as to whether or not I'm going to take this experimental product. And then when the employer fails to answer those questions, because some of those questions can't be answered, the clinical trials are ongoing, that you now have a grounds to say, okay, well, I'm going to decline this and here is my religious exemption. I'm not asking for your approval on my religious exemption. That's not what religious exemptions are. I don't have to prove my faith to my employer. You don't own me and you certainly don't own my body. So I'm going to submit this to you. I'm going to submit this um, religious exemption to you and you're going to accept it and you're going to create equal accommodation as you're required to do under Title VII of the 1964 Civil Rights Act. And you're going to make sure you don't create a hostile segregated workplace or a hostile segregated society, right? Because this is the power that we all possess, okay? And what if in submitting that religious exemption, you submitted it with an affidavit declaration of truth? that was notarized so it could be recognized in a court of law if your employer attempted to fire you or if your employer attempted to create a hostile work environment or discriminate against you um, when all you're simply trying to do is your job so that you can feed your family. 
We're not saying that we have every answer, but what we are saying is we're going to explore every possibility. And that's why I'm excited to bring today to you, Americans in Action, Crystal Hartman, Maddie, Ananda, and Jason. They have a lot of information. They have success stories to share with you. And this is a concept that I think could be very useful for you and everyone that you love. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll come back with Americans in Action and talk about the Affidavit Declaration of Truth. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep can be infuriating. Your mind races. You toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's digital age makes it even harder. You're not alone with this struggle. Poor sleep affects over 70% of Americans. Even the Centers for Disease Control label insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. To take back your sleep, Healthy Cell has created REM Sleep, the only sleep supplement made to support all four stages of human sleep with calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support delivered in a patent-pending, pill-free, ultra-absorption microgel formula that tastes great. Fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deeply, and wake up refreshed with Healthy Cell's REM Sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off your first order. That's HealthyCell.com, H-E-A-L-T-H-Y-C-E-L-L, and use code OUTLOUD for 20% off. All right, everybody, welcome back. I am so excited to have with me today the Americans in Action. If you want to learn more about them, you can go to americansinaction.us. Once again, that's americansinaction.us. And these are some great Americans. They're researchers devoted to teaching Americans lawful and peaceful ways to push back, especially against these mandates and the tyranny that we're all feeling the effects of right now. Uh, I'm so pleased to have uh, in studio with us today, uh, Christo Hartman, uh, Maddie, Ananda, and Jason. We're gonna uh, ask them some incredible questions about this this concept that they've been teaching about for well over a year, I think almost two years now, uh, the affidavit concept. And I, I want to know more about it. I want you to know more about it. I think there's something here that we all need to be aware of. So I brought you the experts who could teach us about this concept. So first and foremost, let's bring Christo Hartman uh, uh, right into the mic. And let's let's say, Christo, you know, what is an affidavit? And how long have you and the Americans in Action been working on this potential legal remedy? Well, thank you, Dr. H, for bringing us on. Um, Basically, an affidavit declaration of truth is a very old constitutional remedy that also is recognized in the bar court and the the court system today. And what that is, well, to answer your question, we have been doing this for pretty close to two years now. And uh, the affidavit itself has a history to it in the last 30 or 40 years that what we know about over 250 cases that have been successful in the court system. Now, an affidavit does not have to go to court. Oftentimes, uh, an affidavit uh, 
which is known as a declaration of truth, okay? And so in the affidavit, the contents of that, what that is, is that you have to provide a crime that has been committed and how you have been harmed. You have to provide any laws, whether ordinances, case law, or constitutional freedoms or laws or rights. And in that, uh, then you have to give them a remedy. So an affidavit declaration of truth is a great tool that was provided from our forefathers. And what it does is it gives you recourse to any crimes that have been committed against the uh, breathing living person, uh, breathing living um, being, I guess you would say. And uh, there's a reason why we say it that way. And uh, we'll go into that a little bit later. And so with that, it is so wonderful because it has teeth. And how you do that, it's a very simple process. We have forms and documents and templates for affidavits. And so all you have to do is that you have to do your own research. You have to find the ordinances. You have to find the constitutional rights that is being um, trampled on by various either political people, CEOs of companies, such as a, a person that's trying to coerce you into taking the jab, um, uh, a person that's trying uh, to do this without informed consent, and you supply them you know, Dr. H, it's like an educational process where you, because a lot of these people don't even realize that they are committing crimes because they're paying attention to uh, how they have been coerced themselves into you must do this and you must tell them to take a jab, something of that nature, even if they don't realize the whole thing that's involved in it. So we always approach it with an affidavit, declaration of truth, as something that, hey, you're harming me this way. And this, these are the laws that you are breaking. And here's the remedy of what you, if you want to straighten out the situation and really grant the people their rights, their God-given rights, then here's what I want you to do. And now, with each affidavit, right. doctor... Uh, there's a time machine on it. And we usually say that there's seven days or 10 days, and you must get back to us with your own reply in a legal form. So they would have to send an affidavit back to us mm -hmm. and or say or rebuke that we're charging you with these crimes. And you know what, doctor? Mm -hmm. We have not had one case out of thousands of affidavits across the country that has served these individuals that are committing crimes, we have not had one of them rebute the crimes. So if they don't rebute it after that time period of, let's say it's 10 days, some put seven days, then they reach a situation where it's called, it's a, this is a legal term, tacit admission of guilt. Okay. So if you're charged with something in a legal document 
And when you notarize this affidavit and serve them, it is a legal document. And so basically, to close this all up here real quick, is that the tacit admission is they, because they didn't rebut it, they agree with you, they committed a crime. It is a very powerful constitutional remedy that works. Amen. And so me hearing this, it sounds like it's not going through a judge per se. It's you saying, hey, you've, you're doing something wrong. You have injured me in some way. Here are, the, here are the ordinances. Here are the laws that you have violated in doing it. And something really cool. Here's what you can do to fix this so we can move forward from here. And now I'm going to give you X amount of days, seven, 10 days, whatever, and it's expressly stated in the affidavit of uh, the Declaration of Truth, and That's it says, correct. and it says, "Hey, you got seven days to get back to me and refute it. Just if if you're saying that I'm off my rocker, then refute it, and then we can." But it's 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 interesting because it's this is like a legal conversation starter, right? It's like we're trying to actually um, solve the problem without needing to go to a judge and say, you know, cause that's, that's what courts are for is just disagreements where people couldn't figure out what the solution was. You got to go to a third party, right? This is saying, let's me and you work this out together as Americans right now. Is that, that what is I'm hearing, absolutely Crystal? correct, doctor. And as a matter of fact, with that, oftentimes the person in those positions or in those um, political or, or law enforcement positions, actually they stop it right there. They cease and desist because they know the writings on the wall. And we just called them out and brought to their attention. Hey, we know you're committing a crime against us. You're raping us of our freedoms. And so stop what you're doing because these are the laws you're breaking. And oftentimes they already know they're breaking the law, but that for some reason, whether they're blackmailed, whether they're being paid off, whether they just think they're doing the right thing, it's all of the above. And they, and then they stop doing it. It does go to court sometimes. Mm -hmm. And the only reason it would go to court is that if they continued to crime, to do the crimes and harm the, the people, right. then it would probably go to court, but it doesn't have to. You're so right. Amen. I love it. Let's bring on Ananda. Um, and I have a question for you to follow up on this. Thank you so much, Krista. That was a Thank great you. explanation of it. Thank you. How, uh, Ananda, how can an affidavit be used in a legal proceeding if it was to go to that that level what do you, what how could that happen hi dr h um thank you that's a great question um i love this affidavit of truth it's a declaration of truth and a constitutional remedy but the cool thing about it is it is recognized not only in common law courts but also in admiralty law courts. So um, it's recognized in legal and lawful jurisdictions. So it's kind of universal and it's really neat. Although it is a constitutional remedy, you can place statute law in there. So you can reference constitutional law, but you can also reference statute law. So let's say you're an injured party and you wanna write your affidavit declaration of truth against the one who's um, performed criminality against you. They violated your rights. Um, and so when you're, you're basically calling them out and it's cool because it's a live testimony. It's different than a uh, bringing case against them. Like if you were to hire an attorney to build case, that 
can result in fight. And because this is a constitutional remedy, which is a living testimony, you're basically telling your story of how you were harmed. Then it can go on a court of record as a live testimony. So it's a statement, a claim, and it doesn't involve fighting, which is really cool. And so you can save a lot of money. You don't have to hire an attorney and you can actually, uh, by being a responsible American, you can exercise your rights using this tool called the Affidavit Declaration of Truth. So in legal proceedings, oftentimes um, legal experts will be surprised at an affidavit because they don't recognize some of the language. Mm -hmm. It uses more common law language, which is old school, like our founding fathers. So when we address the other who's injured us and we're basically calling them out on committing a crime against us, we're, we're referring to ourselves as the living, breathing man or woman or the flesh and blood soul, as opposed to a person, a resident, or a citizen. Here's a quick example. A person, if you break down the word and look it up in Black's Law, I believe it's fourth edition, um, the term is a purse. It's actually a vessel that carries money for, uh, in use for um, exchange and transfer of goods and money and services. So uh, that's one word you might not want to use. Um, a resident is one who's there temporarily to engage in commerce, mm -hmm. um, which may apply or may not apply. But in the constitutional remedy, you're going to be the living, breathing man or woman. And a citizen, if you break down the word, city means municipal and Zen means servant. So unless you're a public elected official, you might not be a municipal servant. You might just simply be a man or a woman trying to mind your own business and go shopping. And maybe you don't want to wear a mask. So the affidavit of truth might come in handy in that situation. You can call out the store owner or whoever discriminated against you by just stating how you were harmed and the laws that they broke. Well, quick, quick follow up on that, Ananda. So uh, what I'm what I'm first hearing is that it's very important word selection here, that we want to make sure that the words are very important. I know that the Americans in Action have some guides on how to make sure you're using the right words in these documents that we don't want to just, you know, use like you said, a person. I don't want to call myself a person. I think it's very interesting that it comes from purse, you know, and, and things like that. The word origins always you know, wig me out because there's so much truth when we get down into to word origins for everything, right? There's so much energy that's in words. But the, the question that I have for you is, um, if I wanted to say, um, submit an affidavit declaration of truth, um, because a entity, let's say a state health department was, um, had put out some mandates or put out some guidance or something that was in violation of existing pre-existing uh, ordinances or statutes and things like that, could I file it against that entire organization or would I have to focus it on one person within that organization? Or like say if there were three people file a, an individual affidavit a declaration of truth against each individual, how does that process work for someone? Oh, I love this question. Um, well, so I corporation, uh, I like to do a lot of, a lot of word play. So um, I like to call it a corpse oration. It's actually a dead entity. And so no one can be held accountable in the law. Ethics and the law are synonymous. So in order to hold ethics and hold individuals accountable, if you were to file an affidavit against the corporation, there's no represented parties. 
-hmm. So it's really important in the affidavit declaration of truth that you, a living man, were injured by another living, breathing man or woman. And that's the one. So the one who you received the threat from, the one who you received the email of coercive language or threat, um, you know, get a jab or lose your job. This is when the affidavit would come in handy and you would address it to the one who caused you the harm who is threatening your life or threatening your livelihood or whatever the crime is. So it's specific. I, I, if I'm going to fill out an affidavit declaration of truth, it has to be in response to a single person, excuse me, I can't say person, a single man or woman. Right. Right. And say, I am addressing it specifically to you because you were the arbiter of that mandate. The company wasn't the arbiter of the mandate. The um, it's, it's you, the person, who, whether, you know, and I don't care who in your company made you do it, if you're an HR rep or whatever, you're the one that's breaking the law because you are following an unjust, unconstitutional law. Is that, am I getting this right now? That's it. You got it. Okay. You got it. That's how this works. And it's very powerful because now here we are, who thought we'd all be in this big giant slave boat together, but we are now as duty-bound Americans, we're the ethics police. And so it's up to us now to call out our brothers and sisters and not to be jerks. We don't need to be total jerks, but it's important for us to hold them accountable and to educate them. And we're also realizing that when you use the word educate, people are becoming offended. We're not here to offend anyone. We're here to share um, some things that we've uncovered on our way, um, things that others might need to know so that they're unalienable rights can be protected. Interesting. It's, you know, I'm glad you said that because when I, when I, one of the things that's really gotten under my craw has been mandates are not law. You know, guidance is not law, right? It doesn't have the force of law, yet it's gotten more power seemingly than actual law, actual revised statute, actual ordinances, things that actually do have weight to them. And it's been maddening to me because I haven't had as an American any opportunity to submit public comment to the, ex the extended executive orders. And I, I, didn't, I didn't agree to the executive this, that there's no end in sight for when an, the emergency declarations are over. I'm, I am totally fine with any executive in the executive branch having a 30-day max period of saying, hey, something went down, we weren't prepared for it, and we got to get everything organized. Makes sense. No problem with that. It's when there's no end in sight that drives me crazy. Christo, go ahead and give me a quick, uh, you, had a, you had a comment on that, and then I want to get a get a question into Maddie next. There's something very important here, uh, and to um, just bring this out of what Ananda was saying, uh, anybody can do an affidavit, one person serving one person. However, if there's a gatekeeper at, let's say you're involved, you're working for a hospital or a corporation, you can do the affidavit against the, let's say your manager is telling you to get the jab, you can do it, but you must also do an affidavit against the CEO, the owner of that company uh, simultaneously. That's very important. So basically, it's basically the same affidavit, but 
because it's a different person and they have a different post, then you just change it a little bit to, okay, you're the CEO. Whatever happens in your, you're putting your manager in harm's way because you're making him commit a crime. Mm-hmm. But so it's very important to realize you can do two, three, four affidavits at the same time to individual people in the same corporation. That's the most important thing to realize. And let, let me just make the audience aware you can reach out to Americans in action to get advice and to talk with them about this, correct? You can, you can reach out to Christo, Maddie, Jason, and, yes. and Ananda, right? As a matter of fact, we offer, we give uh, free, no charge of a, a template to the affidavit. And if someone wants to do an affidavit because they're being harmed, uh, we actually will guide them. And we will also, they can do send the affidavit back to us and we can recommend changes if there needs to be any to make sure it has the teeth and they are following the exact measures to create a valid affidavit. So we do that all the time. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more from Americans in Action on this really exciting affidavit uh, concept right after these messages. Today, America stands at the crossroads of history. Our actions will determine the fate of our nation. Well, that journey starts here and starts now. We invite you to join us in making the ultimate difference. Subscribe to our podcast and newsletters. Turn notifications on and stay in the know. You'll find all that back at AmericaOutloud.com. Liberty and justice for all. Welcome back, folks. We're going to pick up with a conversation in progress. Again, we are working with Americans in action, and they're educating us on the power of the affidavit declaration of truth. Hey, Maddie, um, I want to I make sure our audience is really clear on this concept, because I think, I, like I said, leading the segment, there's something here. There's something here substantial, and we want to make sure we do things the exact right way, peaceful, right? Lawful, right? So what are the specific components of an affidavit? Again, we've heard them in a, in a couple of the answers previously, but can you really hone that in for us? What are those specific elements that make up an affidavit? Yes, Absolutely. Um, Hello, and thank you for having us here. I'm so happy that we can share this lawful information that is based in the Constitution, and that is something that is very quintessentially important that we do refer back to the Constitution. Um, Everything in the Affidavit Declaration of Truth is a lawful legal remedy. It's based in the supreme power and authority of the Constitution. And as per Article 6, Clause 2, it's the, supreme, the Constitution is the supreme law of the land. So any law, ordinance, and statute, policy, etc., that is repugnant to the Constitution is also null and void. And that's upheld by a 1803 Supreme Court case of Marbury versus Madison. So if you don't know the Constitution and you don't know what your rights are or the due process of law that is guaranteed in the Constitution, um, this also imposes um, constitutional limitations on all all governments. So if you do not know how to protect your inherent 
inalienable rights, as you mentioned earlier, in this American system, then you have none. You have none. So it is important to say, I do not comply or, you know, stand up, everyone unite. That is important. Yes. However, it's equally very, very necessary to protect one's rights based in the power and the authority of the Constitution, which is there to uphold our unalienable rights <laughs> granted by God. So in that, the affidavit supports all this, upholds our rights, and they're written statements of non-compliance. And that's essential at this time in our nation's history. A very, I won't say dangerous, but you know what I'm saying, that this is a very important, important pinnacle of time where we can uphold our rights, our inalienable rights, or they may be lost forever. And once they're gone, we can't get them back. So in that, in the affidavit itself, the declaration of truth must obviously be based in truth, in fact, valid law and evidence. And that law is constitutional law. And you can also state, um, put in there state laws that uphold what what is also for you, because there are still laws that can uphold the, your rights. So the affiant, so that's the person who is obviously writing the affidavit, and we have a basic basic boilerplate template, as you can call it, that has the basic words, um, essential constitutional language that's needed to uphold that. So in it, you swear to the contents of the document as well before a notary. So it's notarized. And you do so under the pains and penalties of perjury. Mm -hmm. So in that sense, it must be fully truthful and correct. And the objective here is to make the affidavit of truth, the declaration of truth, so strong, so forceful, and so truthful, the, the opponent, the person that you are, the living, breathing person that you are uh, filing that affidavit, sending that affidavit to, the opponent, he, he won't be able to rebut it. He or she will not be able to rebut it. Um, and any rebuttal must be supported by their own rebuttal in truth, in fact, evidence, and law. So it has a very lawful basis. We do everything peacefully, lawfully. So that's when the tacit admission comes in is that Pursuant to this lawful notification, when the recipient fails to rebut, he or she tacitly admits to all of the claims, charges, averments, all the circumstances that you have just written into that affidavit declaration of truth. And that puts pressure on the recipient to understand that they are in lawful jeopardy. And when it comes to public servants, public officials, they swear an oath to uphold the Constitution. So that's a testament to how powerful the Constitution is in upholding our rights. Well, I think you said it all in that first part where you were talking about the Constitution is the supreme law of the land. I think that's something every American can agree with, no matter where they fall on the political spectrum. When we're looking at these affidavits, these uh, declarations uh, of truth, when we're looking at them, the elements that have to be in there 
are going to be, it sounds like one, we have to make sure it's directed toward the single person. Uh, two, sure. we, we have to show what they, um, what laws, now this is my question, I guess. Mm -hmm. Do you show first where you have been harmed or do you show first which laws have been uh, broken, which ordinances and statutes have been broken? What, where, where, where do you begin in that template that you have? Yeah, and we can provide you with that basic template to help you further. But yes, essentially, you are first and foremost, you are you're stating um, the parts of the Constitution that you're using the Constitution here for your legal lawful basis for writing this. Mm -hmm. And you are under um, pains of perjury to write this and to correct the wrongs that have been done to you. So you state that, you state as just all the things that I have mentioned, um, and that they have no lawful authority to oppose or violate, you know, the oath that everyone is sworn to, or that even that all Americans, um, that the Constitution pertains to. And then you go ahead, yes, and you write down all the harms that have been done or could be done to you. And in this case, um, it sounds like, and as we know, a lot of people are facing losing their jobs, and some already have, under the threat of potentially being harmed by receiving a jab. So that violates our constitutional rights. You can state that in the affidavit. So you can put down um, anything that has already caused you harm, anything that has violated your constitutional rights, your inalienable rights and potentially harming you, irreparably harming you. And then you state that within the affidavit, how you've been harmed, and then all the facts, providing evidence of the facts and how they're based in laws and the laws that have been violated. So that's the basic synopsis of it, but you do have to go into detail um, the facts of the situation, how you were harmed, the evidence to support that harm, to support the facts, support the laws that were, were violated or could potentially be violated. And, um, and then you close it off by saying, if we do not receive um, a rebuttal to this based in fact evidence of law, in kind, you are basically swearing that this is, is exactly as I've stated. It is fact, it is evidence. And you have violated the law and you and have trespassed against me. And then that brings you in a tacit admission of guilt at that point. Exactly. If they, if they don't reply now mm -hmm. and, and within that, and it sounded like there was also, we, we put in the remedy that we are seeking. For this. Absolutely. You seek a remedy. The remedy can be as simple as cease and desist. Okay. Um, you know, you can state a number of different remedies depending on the situation that you're confronted with. And we can assist with that as well. Um, but yes, you do need to state that um, there is a remedy that you are seeking. Amen. All right. Thank you for that, Maddie. Let's bring on Jason. Jason, bring us home. Um, you know, uh, we've had so many good conversations about so many different things. And one of the things that we've talked uh, pretty openly about is we're seeing so many well-constructed well-reasoned, well-argued, and valid court cases being dismissed, thrown out of the courts, 
because of what the judge is saying is lack of standing, which is preposterous in many of these cases. We know it's a pretty overt attempt to avoid getting in discovery because once you get in discovery, we get to that both sides get to ask questions and get information. And that's the exact place they don't want to get into is discovery right now. Um, you know, it, it feels like this is a violation of our inalienable rights. You know, what are your thoughts about that? And, and how can you put a nice uh, big bow on this affidavit com conversation? Because what we're doing right now, everybody, is exposing you to something else that may be helpful for you. That's all we're doing, okay? So that you can apply legal and peaceful pressure. So, Jason, what do you think? Thanks so much, Dr. H. And hello to everybody. And thanks for having us all on here. And you're absolutely 100% right. We are presenting a, a potential uh, solution to help people. And I like that you said in, in alienable. I just want to do a slight correction because it's in, a, un, uh, you were saying unalienable, it's in alienable rights. And we just need to do a quick history lesson real quick for your audience to understand uh, and really comprehend what this whole premise of the affidavit process is. So in alienable, what does that really mean? In alienable means you cannot put a lien upon me. You cannot infringe upon my rights. So where do these rights come from? So the number one right in the world is self-determination. What does that mean? Self-determination in English basically means I have the power to choose for myself. There's also something called human rights. Well, now human rights is a made up term by a government. Your natural inherent rights which are inalienable, were granted to you as soon as you were conceived by spirit, by God, however rich you want to call it. Those rights was what the foundation of our forefathers created this thing called the Constitution. The Constitution protects your inalienable rights, your God-given rights. So what are examples of that? Well, in the preamble of the Constitution, it says, and we've all heard it, it's in the Declaration of Independence. What did we say? The number one right in the world is self-determination, to determine for yourself independently. Declaration of Independence. We have the right, all men, not persons, all men are created equal, and men is used for both genders in this case but all men are created equal and we have the right to life, liberty, and happiness. So that's constitutional because the constitution is there to protect. It doesn't grant us. God grants us or spirit grants us our inalienable rights. The constitution protects that. And one of those main rights is life. So why then when we, all the laws are created. Yes, there is a streamline through all the laws to protect life. Now, when we have organizations, corruption enfolds. Therefore, we have a legal system, although there is truth in there. It has been corrupted through corporate interests. Therefore, language has been changed. So when one wants to go through the corporate system called the court, they'll use language like person. They'll use language like legal as opposed to lawful. Just an example of that is legal is a legalese term based on a corporization of a court system, right? Whereas lawful 
reverts back to the Constitution, which protects your un unalienable rights. So the constitutional remedy is the affidavit, which bypasses the court system. The reason why so many cases have been thrown out at the court system is because it doesn't address your constitutional remedy of you as a living, breathing man or woman, as stated in the Constitution, which was granted to you by God. Rather, it states that you're a human or a person in the corporation, and therefore you are subject, meaning underneath, meaning at effect of a statutory law ordinance or rule, which as Maddie stated, anything that's created in that construct, which is what repugnant to the constitution is null and void. But if people are ignorant to that because they weren't educated in that way, the court system's interest primarily is for profit. Therefore terms like purse or person or corpseration entities, which are products, not a living, breathing man or woman. The affidavit is more powerful because as you stated, it's a constitutional remedy, which is addresses one man to one man, one woman to one woman, or one woman to one man, or one man to one woman. In other words, it's, hey, you harmed me. Now you have to make a remedy. This is my declaration to you of truth based on fact, evidence, truth, and law right which is founded in the constitution so for these people who are getting threatened to get the jab or lose their job your basic fundamental right based on your inalienable rights granted to you by god or spirit however you want to call it protected by the constitution is your right to life if you need to make a living to plead to, to provide for your family your children and you're denied that well that right has just been violated the affidavit says, hey, in the Constitution, it clearly says I have the right to life. You denying that to me is not okay. You violated my constitutionally protected right. Therefore, this affidavit, right? Now, there is peace in the law. There's truth in the law, as well as legalities. So you can state the constitutional violations in your affidavit in addition to statutory law which says hey you can't discriminate against me i have a religious exemption and so on and so forth so you the laws and the truth in the affidavit is there to support your initial harm that was caused to you meaning if my life was threatened with a jab or not to be able to provide for my family there's a law that supports that and if it's in alignment with the constitution then you have the constitution and statutory law. So quick example of that is my life is my right to have provide for my family was threatened as well as I don't believe in the jab because of my religion. A statutory law comes in and says, you can't discriminate against me because of religion. Those two things are in sync. You can put that in your affidavit, use the affidavit to submit to another living, breathing man or woman. You bypass the court system altogether, and now it's man to man, woman to woman. It's how America was founded under God in honor of each other, where if you break a window, the kid goes and mows the lawn for the next six months because he needs to offer the remedy. So the affidavit brings it back to soul to soul, bypassing a corporation for profit 
and using this legal and lawful constitutional remedy to resolve it peacefully, amicably, and in harmony as per our forefathers wanted it to be in the Constitution for the United States of America. Does that make it clear for you? It, it, it's, it is. And thank you for expressing it in that way. It made, it made a lot of sense. So I, I want to see, see for the four of you if I've, if I've been a good student right now. And I hope my audience will play along with me. And let's, let's see if we've been good students here. I'm being threatened with job loss if I don't get the experimental inoculation. Okay. I understand that the experimental inoculations are still in clinical trial until 2022, 2023, or all the way up to 2027 for the supposed FDA approved Cormirnaty. I understand looking at the vaccine adverse events reporting system data that over 18,000 Americans have died post inoculation over uh, 100, over 856,000 Americans at least. And these are at the very bare minimum. Americans have reported injuries relative to this. I've read the research supporting natural immunity, the 106 peer-reviewed papers that support natural immunity superiority to the uh, post-inoculation immunity. I, I don't even need to fall back on my belief system, but I can because my belief system says I'm not I, that I am not going to put a product into my body that has the potential of killing me or preventing me from providing for my family. Additionally, there's no remedy legally for me to sue a manufacturer or the government if I'm injured. And we know that the government has paid out exactly zero dollars to all of these families who've been injured. So I can list all of these things out, right? And I can say with confidence, that constitutionally, this is where I'm being violated. In the state, here are the revised statutes where I am being, where my, my God-given rights are being violated. My inalienable, in, I'm going to say that right now, Jason, inalienable, because that makes more sense to me. Inalienable makes sound like I'm not an alien, but inalienable means that, okay, I'm not property. I mean, my, my rights cannot be transferred to anyone or another entity. So I, I get that now. Inalienable is the correct way. I get it. I then can say, I can even go down to my county level and look at the ordinances where I live locally and say, hey, these are the ordinances that are being violated. This is the, these are the ways, like Maddie said, I am being harmed or could potentially be harmed not the least of which is my inability to provide for my family, right? And here is the remedy. Leave me alone. Let me get on with my life and do my job, right? That under Title VII of the 1964 Civil Rights Act, I have a right to equal accommodation in the workplace. You do not have the right to discriminate upon me for any reason, not the least of which is something as silly as a experimental inoculation status, right? And that I take this document along with exhibits to prove that this is what you are intending to do, set me into a situation that could harm me and prevent me from providing for my family. And I get it notarized for legal weight. And then I present it to all entities 
I shouldn't say entities, to all men or women within the business that are attempting to be the arbiters of an unconstitutional mandate. And I can submit that in accordance with the religious exemption, which is a personal belief exemption that should be notarized as well. I can use that same affidavit structure and concept in saying, you know what, I'm walking into a restaurant and this restaurant is trying to enforce a mandate that isn't law and not realizing that they are enforcing or that they are breaking other laws that are existing. And we can use this as an educational tool because the intention of this is to get to a resolution that's mutually beneficial as opposed to create more conflict. Correct? You are a quick study, Dr. H. Did, right I, did, I, get, did I get this right? Okay, yeah. I got this right. Well, you know, this has been incredibly enlightening. I understand the affidavit um, concept so much better. Um, and, uh, and I really appreciate each of you for sharing this with us. Once again, folks, if you're interested in learning more about this and the potential that it has to help you keep your job, to help you keep your kids in school without giving up your rights as a parent, to, um, to go into a business without being discriminated against, my God, the things that we shouldn't have to discuss in our society, but here we are, right? Then I would encourage you to go to americansinaction.us and check out the template that they have for the affidavit. And whereas we're seeing so many religious exemptions getting rejected, right? So many. I find that offensive because no business has a right to determine what your personal belief or faith is. And no business has a right to reject a religious exemption. The religious exemption is in place so that it's just something that's supposed to be simply added to your file and then you get equal accommodation under the law. So this notion that a business has the right, to, has a right to reject your faith is offensive to me as a minister and as an American, right? So one of the things that I think we need to do is strengthen that religious exemption. And I think this affidavit concept is a way for us to do that and let the people that you're working with know that you mean business. What's the famous thing we've said for so long? What do we tell all of our children in practice? No means no. Right. Right? Right. My body, my choice. How many, this is ingrained within us at this point in time, right? But no means no. No doesn't mean that I'm supposed to give up my job. It simply means no. So I'm going to give Christo uh, a quick, uh, a, a quick uh, minute here, and then we're going to take a break and we'll come back and close this, uh, this show down, everyone. I hope you've enjoyed this so far. Christo, go ahead, take us into the break. Exactly what you said was absolutely true. And I want people to realize that in pushing back, nothing is more powerful than the word. No rally, no letter, nothing is more powerful than the word. And you put that word in a legal format that has to be recognized by the court system. Then the people acting as criminals 
can actually have a pushback that has teeth. And it's so important for every American to realize this. It's at their hand to utilize this affidavit. You're declaring the truth. And that's mm. why it never gets rebuted. So thank you for this, Dr. H. Uh, I just urge every American to use your constitutional rights, because if you don't stand up for your rights in a legal fashion, you will lose them. Amen. Thank you. Amen. Well, we're not going to lose them. We're going to stand up. Thank you so much, folks. Uh, this is Americans in Action. Christo Hartman, Maddie, Jason, and Ananda, thank you for being with us today. Appreciate you all so much. And uh, I hope you check out americansinaction.us. Find out what's out there that can help you that you may not be aware of. Next week, we're going to bring on uh, Dr. Paul Alexander, who has been doing phenomenal work in terms of researching and collecting all the empirical evidence that supports natural immunity post-recovery is far and away superior to any immunity conferred by the experimental inoculations. He's collected over 106 peer-reviewed studies last that I've checked, he and his team. So we can't wait to have him on to talk about that because certainly if you are recovered, this should be a non-issue for you uh, moving around in society, whether or not you are able to have your job, it's just ridiculous. You should be, this should be a non-issue. If you can prove that you have antibodies, if you can prove that you have T-cell adaptation to the SARS-CoV-2 virus, this should be a non-issue for you because you are absolutely definitively no threat. In fact, what you are is the solution to this major, major problem. Uh, this major problem that was unleashed upon us by people who are attempting to profit from the chaos that they've created. Right? Yeah, I said it. So really excited about that next week. Hope you have a beautiful weekend, everyone. Make sure you grab somebody that you love, hug them tight, tell them that you love them, and know that God is with us on this. May God shine his divine light down upon us, everyone we love, and surround us in the protection of his warm embrace. I'm Dr. Henry Ely for Energetic Health Radio and the Energetic Health Institute. We'll see you next week, everybody. Peace.